Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. In this episode, I'm planning on going through every game this season and describing the opponent a little bit and then giving a prediction for each game. With that being said, let's get right into it. The out-of-conference schedule this year is not great. There are no big-time names coming to Viejas Arena, all of the big-time schools that the Aztecs play are on neutral courts. And on top of that, just the overall strength of the schedule based off of last year's results doesn't look great. As as of right now, if, if you took last year's results and assumed every team would finish in about the same area, which is a big assumption, but just going off of that, the Aztecs would only have one quad one opponent in the out-of-conference schedule, and that would be either Texas Tech or Iowa. They both would have counted as quad one opponents on a neutral court last season. And so what that means is the Aztecs will have to, if they want a chance at an at-large bid, they will have to win a lot of their games, first off, which is always just good in general. But for two, because they're playing so many quad two and quad three opponents that as their marquee games, they're going to have to beat those opponents by a lot because while the RPI had a lot of flaws, one of the things the net does that is good is it includes the uh, scoring margin of each game. And it is capped at a certain point, but beating a team by six or seven points will move you further up the net than beating a team by one point will. And so you would want to beat all these quad two teams like the BYUs and San Diego's and whoever else, Utah. You'd want to beat them by double digits. That way you can move up the net as far as possible. And also equally important, the Aztecs can't lose any teams against quad four opponents. They normally have one or two of those each season. And this year it just can't happen because they aren't going to have enough opportunities against quad one opponents to make up for a quad four loss. So if that if if they lose to a quad four opponent, it's the season is basically going to become win in the conference tournament or you're not going dancing. So they will have to play consistently at a high level all season long. They're going to have to start fast. They don't have very many tune-up games before some good competition comes along. So they're going to have to start fast and play fast through the middle and end fast. They've been pretty good at ending fast under Dutcher. So I'm not worried about that part. The starting fast is a little bit worrisome because, like I said, they have their exhibition game against UC San Diego. And then they have Texas Southern, who isn't a team that should be overlooked but should be an easy win. And then they go straight on the road to BYU, and that will be a tough game. So they're going to have to start fast and keep it up. The first game of the season is against an opponent familiar to Aztec fans from last season. It's Texas Southern on November 5th. Texas Southern is once again the favorite to win the Southwestern Athletic Conference. They lost a lot of players from last year's team, but they're also bringing in transfers from other schools to help replace that. Last year, the Aztecs beat Texas Southern by 39 points. I don't think it's fair to to assume that it'll be another 30-plus point victory. That being said, this should be a relatively easy game for the Aztecs to win. You never want to overlook anybody, and I'm sure the Aztecs will take them seriously, but it's a very safe bet that the Aztecs will start the season off 1-0. and zero. After Texas Southern, the Aztecs head to BYU on November 9th. BYU is projected to finish right around third in the West Coast Conference in most of the places that I've looked, which isn't bad. They have, you know, the West Coast has Gonzaga and St. Mary's above them, so... 
it's, you know, finishing third in the West Coast doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. I do expect BYU to be a solid team, not a great team, maybe not even a good team, but a solid team. And on the road, I, I do expect them to be a quad two opponent. So beating them can count as a resume builder. The one thing the Aztecs have going for them is that BYU should be missing Yoli Childs, from what I understand. From what I understand, Yoli Childs didn't withdraw his name from the NBA draft the right way or early enough or something like that, and so he's facing some type of suspension early on in the season. And as this being the second game, he will still be he will still be out. So that should help the Aztecs. Despite the game being on the road, I predict that the Aztecs should win this game because I believe the Aztecs have a better team than last year, for one, and because BYU is missing Yoli Childs and they also lost Nick Emery due to off-the-court reasons that I won't get into. Most Aztec fans are pretty familiar with it. But being down a couple key players that were expected to return will make it harder for BYU and facing a better Aztecs team, despite playing in Utah, I do expect the Aztecs will take this one and start the season off 2-0. Next on the schedule is Grand Canyon on November 13th. The Aztecs, in recent years, lost to Grand Canyon, both in San Diego and in Arizona. It was not pretty either game. Grand Canyon, at the moment, is predicted to finish either first or second, in the whack. So they're supposed to be pretty good, especially for their division. They have a lot of size. They have some high major transfers coming in. So they definitely have some talent on their team. Their coach, I think is a pretty decent coach. I think he knows what he's doing and he seems to be building Grand Canyon in a way similar to how Steve Fisher built up the Aztecs way back when. So they're, they're in my view, they're an up and coming team. They have had some bumps along the road at home Grand Canyon will be either a quad two or or a quad three game so once again not a major resume builder if it's a quad three game you can't lose that at home you know so Grand Canyon will definitely be a big game and one that Aztec fans will want based off of the losses that have been doled out in recent years I think the fans will get what they want for the Grand Canyon game, and I think the Aztecs will beat Grand Canyon at home. I think having the fans there behind everybody will help. Grand Canyon does have a good amount of size, and they play defense very well, but I do think that San Diego State's new offense will be able to overwhelm them. There will just be shooting from everywhere. Nathan Mensa will be a monster on the boards, all that type of stuff. And the Aztecs will leave with, with the dub and start the season 3-0. and After Grand Canyon, the Aztecs play the University of San Diego. I know a lot of Aztec fans on Facebook and on Twitter and other social media, they don't like the thought of playing San Diego in general. They don't, they especially don't like playing the University of San Diego in Jenny Craig Pavilion because why give them that extra added edge? It's it's They consider a win against San Diego to be not helpful at all and a loss to San Diego really hurts you. I don't think that was the case last season. I think last season the San Diego game was considered a quad two game and so winning it would have helped definitely. This season, it gets a little bit tricky. The University of San Diego, the Toreros, aren't expected to finish very high in the West Coast Conference. They're expected to take a little bit of a dip. And they lost a lot of their very experienced team from last season. So this is one of those games that even though last year it was a quad two game, this year it could very easily be a quad three or a quad four game. One thing that, at least in in theory, I would disagree with fans about, in, in practice it might not work this way, but in theory I would disagree about is 
even though you're playing in Jenny Craig Pavilion, Aztec fans should be able to get a few thousand people in there at least. Like, it's just across town, right? You don't have to go very far. It's not a true road game. It's it's not like even driving to Vegas, which a lot of fans do anyways. And so you should be able to get a couple thousand fans in there to make it at least more like a neutral game as opposed to an away game and that the Aztecs players can have some some fan backing in there as well. And with it only being about a 5,000-seat stadium, getting 2,000 fans in there would would be enough to, to turn the tide, I would think. So just in that way, I don't mind playing them on the road because road games a lot of times can bump a team up uh, a quad level. And so even if San Diego is at a at a rating where they should be a quad three game on a neutral court on if you play them in their house it could bump them up to a quad two game and so beating them on the road looks better than beating them in San Diego or in Viejas which really would make it like if you win it doesn't do anything and if you lose it looks really bad beating them on the road makes it look a little bit better I do expect the Aztecs to win this game, especially with with the Toreros looking like they should take a dip. I do think that this game over the years has become a little bit more of an actual rivalry. I don't think a lot of Aztec fans want to see it that way. But just, I mean, when it gets to the point where either team can win, it becomes a rivalry. And, And in general, me personally, I'm about it. I would love to have San Diego schools vie for some type of San Diego-based trophy. I don't know what it would be. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. But just in general, I'm about it. I think the Aztecs win this game and advance to 4-0 on the season. Next up is Long Island University. I believe they used to be the Blackbirds, and they recently rechanged their name to the Sharks. Last season, they finished fifth in the Northeast Conference. So they're a middling low major school this year. I think they're projected to finish in about the same area, four, five, six, somewhere in that, somewhere in that range. One thing that worries me about this game is that it happens on November 22nd, which is two days after the San Diego game. And so there's just not a lot of turnaround there. There's not a lot of time to get ready because the Aztecs definitely need to be focused in on San Diego because you don't want to lose that game, especially after the past couple years having the, the series be more even. So the Aztecs will have to focus on San Diego and then they get two days, not even though, because the game is two days later. So really they get one day to game plan for this Long Island University team. The Aztecs should definitely have much more talent overall. And talent is probably the number one predictor of uh, winning basketball games. That being said, this Long Island team is returning four starters, so they have a lot of experience and guys that know how to play with each other. They have a number of double-digit scores in their conference. So they have some experience and they have some skill, and they can't be overlooked. I will say that I do predict the Aztecs to win this game as well. But this one worries me a little bit just because of the turnaround time and the the time that the Aztecs would have had up to that point to build chemistry. You know, they'll still be they'll still be new even though they're older players, they'll still be getting used to each other at this point in the season. And so that worries me just a little bit. But the talent should carry out should be fine. Aztecs at this point start off 5 and 0. On November 25th, Tennessee State comes to visit the Aztecs. This is a team that last season finished towards the bottom of the Ohio Valley Conference, but people are expecting a little bit of a turnaround from what I've seen. It sounds like they have gotten some more high major transfers or mid-major transfers even onto their roster, and so people are expecting them to be better and finish closer to the top of the Ohio Valley Conference. That being said, it is still the Ohio Valley Conference. It's still a low major school. 
So there is that. It's the same as all these other teams. Tennessee State shouldn't be overlooked. They do have some talent. They do have some people who can score. And San Diego State especially, us fans know we can't afford to look over anyone after games like Brown last year. We can't afford to look over anyone. So I I never want to make it seem like these games should be easy, but the Aztecs should definitely be favored to win at home versus a Tennessee State team that's been traveling across the country doing these bye games. This is where things start to get interesting. We've come up on Thanksgiving Day. We're at the Continental Tire Las Vegas Invitational in Orleans Arena. It's November 28th against Creighton on a neutral court. Creighton is going to be a tough game for sure. Last season, they finished in a three-way tie for fourth place in the Big East. This year, they're predicted to finish more in the middle you know, somewhere between four and seven or so. That being said, even a sixth place team is going to be better than most in the Big East, at least. A sixth place team in the Big East is going to be better than most mid-major teams. This is also a team that is returning a lot of players from last season and has the ability, as they showed last season, to just shoot the lights out. They can just rain threes from the perimeter. And that that scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. The Aztecs having a player like Nathan Mensa allows them to stretch out their perimeter defense some and hopefully try and chase players off the three-point line because they know Nathan is behind them and can help erase any of their mistakes. But Creighton, Creighton definitely worries me. The advantage the Aztecs would have would be inside. I think players like Nathan Mensa and Yanni Wetzel are going to be better than the players that Creighton has inside. That being said, the Aztecs are built to score from the perimeter, and I don't think they win in a shootout against a team like Creighton. Despite how good I think the Aztecs are going to be this year, especially early in the season, I don't think they win in a shootout. And so going to Vegas, you know, I I can be convinced either way. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a tough game. But if if I had to put money on it right now, if some gun to my head, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say actually that the Aztecs lose this game. The next opponent will depend on how the tournament unfolds, really. But we know it will be either Texas Tech or Iowa the very next day on November 29th, the day after Thanksgiving. Both of these teams would be very tough. They're both expected to be very good teams. Texas Tech likely a top 10 team. Iowa maybe not top 25, but probably pretty close. Maybe top 35, top 40. It's Either game is going to be tough. Iowa historically is known more for their offense and being a little bit more lax on the defensive end, whereas Texas Tech is kind of the opposite. Coach Beard out, out there has them running the defense really tight and, and not necessarily struggling on offense, but just that's they're not known for their offense. You don't, you don't get to the championship game like Texas Tech did last year by struggling on offense. I think the more intriguing matchup in terms of narrative would be the Texas Tech game, if only just because Yanni Wetzel's recruitment came down to San Diego State and Texas Tech. And according to Yanni, he says he chose San Diego State for basketball reasons. That doesn't necessarily mean he chose them because he thinks San Diego State will win more, but winning definitely doesn't hurt. And so that would be a little bit of a narrative if if that matchup was to happen going into that game. On the other hand, you got Iowa. There aren't really many narratives there. I mean, Coach Dutcher used to coach in the Big Ten all those years ago, but I don't think that's really a thing. So there's not much of a narrative there. I think Iowa would be a more winnable game. 
but it's it's tough because Iowa, similar to Creighton, has a lot of shooters and a lot of people that can score. And the Aztecs, as I mentioned before, they're, I don't have a lot of faith in their perimeter defense. And especially, this is still pretty early in the season. This is We're still in November. You know, it's, it's not even a month into the season. Unless you count the exhibition game, then it's about a month into the season. So it's just, it's tough. I don't think that the Aztecs win this game regardless of who they're facing. I think both these teams are too good. The Aztecs will still be figuring each other out a little bit and things like that. That being said, I mean, if I wanted to put more of a positive spin on it, Malachi Flynn has carried teams to tournament success before in these in these midseason tournaments. As Aztec fans are aware, San Diego State a couple years ago was definitely better than Washington State, and Malachi Flynn carried Washington State over the Aztecs. And so you have playmakers like that. There's just, you know, the Aztecs have shooting of their own all over the court, at least on paper. So, you know, I wouldn't say that the Aztecs can't win either of these games. The November 28th game, I could see the Aztecs winning and be relatively easily convinced that they could win. The November 29th game, it would be a much harder job. These teams are just better. They have more money. They have better talent, things of that nature. And... If I had to choose, obviously, if I had to choose one game that the Aztecs would lose in the out-of-conference, it would be this November 29th game. But officially, for the record, uh, the prediction is that they lose both of these tournament games. And coming into the month of December, they will be 6-2 and two for the season. Next, we have another interesting happening, because now we are into December, and lo and behold, conference season is starting. The game immediately after the Continental Tire Tournament is at Colorado State on December 4th. So the Aztecs will have a couple days to just recuperate from whatever happens during the tournament, going 0-2, 1-1, 2-0, whatever it is. They have a couple days to, to, to recenter themselves, and then they head out to Colorado State. Colorado State this season, from what I've seen, isn't expected to be great. They're supposed to be bottom tier of the Mountain West, somewhere finishing between 8 and 10 or so. The Aztecs did beat Colorado State in the one game they played last year, and that was in Fort Collins. So that is encouraging. The Aztecs, as I've said many times, I expect them to be better this season than they were last season. Colorado State looks like most people are expecting them to be worse this season. So this should be a win. One thing that many Aztec fans know about that plays with our hearts is just playing at elevation in in many of these arenas and Fort Collins is no is no exception. If the Aztecs try to play fast throughout the early goings of the year and take that to Colorado State, it may work against them as the air gets thinner. So that would be something to look out for on a, on a more tangible level. Colorado State does have big man Nico Caravaccio, who is definitely one of the better big men in the Mountain West, despite playing on a team that's not great. He averaged a double-double for last season, so he's no, he's no slouch. I did in my Nathan Mensa video, one of the games I looked very closely at was him playing against Nico Caravaccio because I know Nico's one of the better big men. And Nathan, I thought, handled himself really well. I do think that was a game that Nathan, something happened early on, so he missed a good chunk of it. And so not having to play, you know, 30 minutes or so probably helped with his conditioning. But I thought Nathan was able to hold his own against a very skilled big man, and so that definitely helps. If you can eliminate Nico from the equation, you you should have a very, very good shot of beating a Colorado State team. So with all that being said, 
I believe the Aztecs are going to start off the conference season 1-0 with a win at Colorado State. Next up, the Aztecs return home to Viejas to play San Jose State on December 8th. San Jose State has been a dumpster fire for basically the last five years. There was a year that they were starting to look like they could do some things and not necessarily make some noise in the Mountain West, but just not be an embarrassment, I guess, really. Um, I hate talking bad about them because I love the way their floor looks on their arena. Maybe that's kind of cheesy or whatever, but I just think it's a cool design and, and a way to take advantage of their their mascot's name. But they've won four games apiece the last two seasons in a row. I think last year they only won one game in conference. This is a game the Aztecs, especially at home, should be able to win and should be able to win pretty easily and by double digits for sure. If you want to play devil's advocate, San Jose State has a lot of unknown players coming in. They've had a lot of roster upheaval over the past couple of years. So they have a lot of players that we don't know much about. There is one, there's a, a center from international play who is 6'11 and 280 pounds. And so that's definitely some size advantage against Nathan Mensa, who's 6'10 and I think listed as 215 or maybe 220, 225. Nathan's somewhere in there. Regardless, that's a 60 pound difference. And in pictures and stuff, it does look like Nathan may have bulked up a little bit. But I mean, even if he's at 230, like that's still a 50 pound difference in, in an inch of height. And I don't know how long this San Jose State Center's arms are, but it's just a big dude. And that can that can cause problems. They San Jose State has potential to have size all over the floor. They have a number of guys who play six six or taller, and I think one or two of them are even guards. So if you want to play devil's advocate and you know, make it seem as balanced as possible. That's what I would point to. With all that being said, San Diego State should still be able to win this game by double digits just based off of the history and, and the way San Jose State has gone before. So with that, the Aztecs have started off the conference season 2-0, and and after December 8th, I believe would be 8-2 and on the season. After playing against San Jose State in Viejas, the Aztecs have basically two weeks off before they play Utah up in Staples Center on December 21st. I kind of like having that time off just because you have all that time to just, you know, take a week or so and just work on your own stuff and then take a week and focus on Utah. The Aztecs should be well rested. They should be able to heal up any nicks and bruises and things like that that they've gotten over the first 10 or so games. And they should have a good game plan for Utah that everybody fully understands. Utah is definitely not a team that should be overlooked. I know there's been a lot of talk that the Pac-12 has been down in recent years. And it's probably true. But you still shouldn't overlook Utah. They finished third in the Pac-12 last season. This season, most of the places I've seen have been more in the middle. Like that 4-7 to seven range. A lot of that is because Utah lost a lot of players over the course of last season and then in the off season for whatever reason. I'm not I'm not really keyed in on the details, but it looks like Utah will have a team kind of similar to San Diego State's last year, where they have eight or so players that are either freshmen or sophomores. And so they're gonna be pretty young. And I think that will help the Aztecs out because the Aztecs will have a more experienced team. This team, the Utah team, will be figuring each other out the same way the Aztecs are. By this point, we're getting closer to two months in the season, so teams should have a better feel for each other, but still just, you know, getting the chemistry down, getting the little things down. The Aztecs will have had plenty of time to prepare for this team, and Utah is normally really good. They have a really good head coach, in my opinion, who has teams ready by the end of the year, kind of similar to to the way Dutcher has so far. So playing Utah early in the year, hopefully they won't be 
like in their final stage yet, if you will. You know, they won't be fully formed. They'll still be learning and figuring each other out and doing those things. And hopefully the extra experience the Aztecs have will give them an advantage. Utah does have some size. They especially have a seven foot four inch freshman center coming in this season to protect the rim. So that matchup between him and Nathan Mensa will be interesting. They have a slew of other six six to six eight players, so they have a lot of size all over the court. I'm not super familiar with their roster, so I don't know how many of these guys will get regular time. It's just a matter of hopefully the amount of turnover and the relatively early points still in the season will work to the Aztecs' favor, and I think the Aztecs will leave Los Angeles with a dub. To finish off the non-conference schedule, the Aztecs will face the Cal Poly Mustangs on December 28th. There isn't much to be said about this game. It might very likely be the easiest game on the Aztecs' schedule. Cal Poly doesn't have a lot going for it. I believe they have a new head coach who you know, promises to, to turn the team around, but it'll be the first year. I don't think anybody really expects a lot from them. Last season, they finished 334th out of 353 teams in the Ken Palm rankings. They were last in the Big West Conference. There's just not much to say. It's basically the last tune-up game before conference season starts. If there was a game where the Aztecs would be looking ahead, it would be this game because right afterwards is Fresno State. But that being said, I would never recommend that. There's, there's especially with the Aztecs, us fans all know, there's been too many times where there's just a, a quad four team that comes in and beats the Aztecs. And as I mentioned earlier, you can't have any of those quad four losses. So despite this being probably the easiest game of the season, playing at home against just a team that was bad and is in a rebuilding mode, you just, they got to get this win. I think they do. And with that, I think they finished the out-of-conference season with eight wins and two losses. And heading into the month of January, I believe that puts them at a total of 10 wins and two losses once you add in the the two in-conference games. I think going eight and two with this schedule is good in the out-of-conference. I think a lot of it depends on what the the final scores are for a lot of these games. But I think 8 and 2 is solid. I think if this team finishes 7 and 3, then we're in a little bit of trouble. And if they finish 9 and 1, then great. This team is destined for good things. But for right now, I'm just leaving the prediction at 8 and 2. conference play for the remainder of this season. It's New Year's Day, January 1st, and the game is in Viejas against Fresno State. Fresno State under Coach Hudson, former San Diego State coach, is undefeated against the Aztecs. Fresno State beat them both times last season. One game was pretty close, as I recall, but Fresno State came out on top both times. From what the experts are saying, people are expecting Fresno to take a little bit of a step back this season. They've lost some of their scoring and things like that, and so there isn't a whole lot of faith there. I I don't think I'm quite there with the rest of the experts. I I understand that Fresno State lost some pieces, but... To me, it also looks like they gained some pieces as well. And it looks like Coach Hudson is building his team in the mold of the Aztecs teams at the beginning of the decade that were just long and athletic and big and just dared you to score on them. It, 
I mean, it is definitely possible that this season they do take a little bit of a step back and end up finishing fifth or sixth in the conference as opposed to when they finished third last year. I could also see them still finishing third or fourth and not taking that much of a step back. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's never going to be easy playing Coach Hudson. He's just he's good at what he does, and I'm not going to get into whether the Aztecs should have hired Hudson over Dutcher or anything like that. That's not what this podcast is about, maybe at a future time. I do have the Aztecs beating Fresno State under Coach Hudson for the first time at home this year on January 1st. It will be tough because the fan support probably isn't going to be great on New Year's Day. I was at the New Year's Day game last season, and it just there just wasn't a lot of fans there. For what it was worth, I do remember the fans that were there, even though there was only, I don't know, 4,000 and change. I remember like thinking, for only 4,000 people, this is, this is pretty loud at certain points. So, but the reason of bringing that up is that the fan support might not be great, especially if, if the Aztecs were to lose basically their two marquee games to start the year. The record will be good, but just the big-time wins might not be there quite yet. But with that all being said, with Fresno having to travel for New Year's Eve and all that stuff, like they should be even more worn out than the Aztecs might be after New Year's Eve partying and stuff like that. And I just think the Aztecs find a way to leave with a win against Fresno State on their home court. Next up is against Utah State in Logan on January 4th. It's a Saturday. Utah State's a good team, and I think that they are rightfully predicted to be the number one team in the conference. I can't, despite despite my my optimism and, and my, my homerism, I mean, if you will, Despite that, I can't objectively find a way to say that San Diego State should be considered the number one team in the Mountain West. I can definitely convince myself that there are things that can happen and that, you know, the best version of the San Diego State could be better than the Utah State team. I can convince myself of those things, absolutely. But just objectively, I don't think it would be fair to say it's going to happen, to say that San Diego State should be number one because Utah State is just too good. And they're returning Nemius Keita. Keita did hurt himself during during international basketball play this season, so he might miss the beginning of the year, it sounds like. But come early January, it sounds like he should be back and rearing to go, and he'll probably have the rust knocked off by that point. And so he'll be he'll be ready They got Sam Merrill, who I just did a poll. And granted, this type of poll isn't the best way to gauge these things. But I just did a poll with some box score stats of some of the guards in the conference that I thought were the best. And Sam Merrill was one of them. I didn't attach the names or anything. It was just the stats. And it was overwhelming, like 88% of voters or something like that said that Sam Merrill's stats were the best between Sam Merrill, it was Sam Merrill, it was Malachi Flynn, and I believe it was Lindsey Drew. And Sam Merrill got the overwhelming majority. So these guys have the best guard in the conference. They have the best big man in the conference. As much as I love Nathan Mensah, Kata objectively is probably just a little bit better. Nathan Mensah can definitely hold his own, as he did last season at times. But just objectively... Utah State has the two best players in this matchup and playing in Logan at elevation with the Utah State fans all there and being all hype and acting rowdy. It's hard to imagine San Diego State coming out of this game with a win. And so right now I'm projecting them to lose in Logan to Utah State. And that would have them take their first conference loss and they would drop to Three and one in conference play on the season. Next up, the Aztecs continue their road trip with a game in Laramie against the Wyoming Cowboys on January eighth. 
Wyoming is a tough place to play. It's at like 7,000 feet in the air or something ridiculous like that. So regardless of how good Wyoming is as a basketball team, this is a game that can ruin some bets. This can, this can ruin some people's days for sure. Wyoming isn't supposed to be very good this year. They lost uh, Justin James, their leading scorer. Last year they finished 10th in the Mountain West. This year they're predicted to finish right around that area, 8, 9, 10 range. Basically that last year, that's just the last teams that are above San Jose State is is where Wyoming is, is predicted to be. That being said, Utah State was predicted to finish ninth last season, and they ended up tying for first. So you always have to take these predictions with a grain of salt. They do get back Hunter Maldano who is a 6'7 guard, and he can just do a little bit of everything. So that's a little bit scary. The biggest thing is just the travel and the elevation. For those of you that haven't blocked or been blocked by by Ziegler, every, every time the Wyoming road trip comes up, he just puts out a piece about how in past years the Aztecs have tried to figure out ways, are they going to take a private plane? Are they going to travel on a public plane and then take a bus from the airport out to, out to Larry me? It's, it's just, it's always a hassle to get there. And then you're at elevation. Everybody's tired. One year, I think it was two years ago, the Aztecs just tried to play fast up there and it just fed right into what Wyoming wanted to do because they're used to the elevation. They, they got it. And the Aztecs, aren't they play in San Diego they're basically at sea level so it's it's a huge difference that's really the biggest concern playing at Wyoming for me they have some people but they're a young team they got four sophomores and four freshmen on their team out of out of uh no sorry not four sophomores and four freshmen they just they have a lot of young players most of their team are sophomores or freshmen and so they're young but the elevation is is tricky. This can be a game that ruins people's predictions. I have the Aztecs winning right now, just sticking with that that trend of talent wins games. The Aztecs should be far more talented than Wyoming, but it's it's one of the scary ones for me personally, and it's another one that at Wyoming shouldn't be a quad four game. I don't think unless they're just really bad. But it's just another one of those games that you don't want to lose if you're trying to get an at-large bid. Next up, the Aztecs return home to Viejas for a game against Boise State on January 11th. Boise State had a down year last year. There's no way around it. They finished 7th in the Mountain West. I don't know of anyone in their right mind who is expecting that to happen again. Leon Rice is a good coach for Boise State. Boise has some talent. There's that kid, Derek Alston. Man, when the Aztecs were playing up in Boise last year, I hated that dude. And that's nothing personal. I mean, he's not going to hear this, but I hope if he does, he takes that as a measure of respect because I hated that dude. He's, he very well might be a very nice guy off, off the court, but oh man, the Aztecs just couldn't stop him in, in Boise. And it was, oh man, it's, I'm getting flashbacks right now sitting here thinking about it. It's not good. The, the the Broncos have some talent, basically, is is the point I'm trying to make. It's not just Derek Alston. They have some other guys, too. They have a decent enough roster. Leon Rice is a good coach. The Broncos are definitely nothing to be overlooked. To me, they're a top four, top five team in the Mountain West. I think that's probably where most people would put them as well. It gets tough because I'm expecting some teams to make some comebacks that I don't think other people are expecting them to make, but it's fine. I digress. At home, I think the Aztecs are talented enough to beat Boise for sure. And so I have them beating Boise. And at this point, they've played six conference games and their only loss is at Utah State in my predictions.
The Aztecs, after playing Boise State, will travel up to Fresno to play the Bulldogs for the second time in two weeks. I mean, nothing really has changed since I just talked about Fresno a couple minutes ago. I do think that playing on the road, the TV being televised on ESPN, I think that the Bulldogs take this one. I think probably even the game at home is probably pretty close, and just Hudson is a good coach and knows how to coach his team, and they do have some talent. I think the Aztecs won the first one, as I already said. I think in Fresno, I think Hudson gets his guys over the hump, and even though I think the Aztecs are more talented, I think the Bulldogs win the second game and tie the season series. Next up, January 18th against Nevada at home. Nevada is tricky because there's so many unknowns about them. First off, you got Steve Alford returning to the Mountain West after coaching at UCLA for a couple years. It's it's just there's no telling for sure how well he'll do. He was a good coach at New Mexico, just objectively, you know, regardless of what you might think about other things about him, like he got wins. So he was a good coach there. Nevada has some talent. Lindsey Drew is coming back. Jazz Johnson is still on the team. They got Jalen Harris transferring in. So this team has talent, even without the Martin Twins or, or the other players that they lost. This team still has some talent. It will be kind of sad not seeing... Eric Musselman just spaz out on Viejas Arena as he once again fails to win in Viejas. But it's fine. And and really, while he does seem like a spaz and kind of a jerk on the court, like the interviews and stuff I've heard him do, he has seemed like a nice enough guy. Uh, it just, I mean, it is what it is. As for Alfred, I mean, he's a good coach. This team, at this point, it's mid-January. Teams should have kind of figured themselves out more. It's it's tough to predict what exactly Nevada will do. Most places I've seen either have Nevada being second place or third place in the Mountain West. I think I saw one fourth place, but really most places have them being either second or third in a in a flip-flop with San Diego State. So the prediction is that they're pretty even. I think at home, the Aztecs have enough to beat Nevada for sure. And with the fans behind them and everything going for them at this point, they, I, I mean, I did just have them losing to Fresno, so they're not on a winning streak, but they've been playing pretty well. <laughs> I'm speaking about the futures if it's past tense. It's not good. Regardless, the point is I think the Aztecs beat Nevada in Viejas. After beating Nevada, the Aztecs have Wyoming, but this time at home. Wyoming at home should be a pretty easy win. The the I mean, the main thing I brought up earlier was just the elevation being a problem for the Aztecs. That's not a problem playing in Viejas. And so the talent should definitely pull the Aztecs through. They should be able to, to pull out the win on that one relatively easily. After Wyoming, the Aztecs have a two-game road trip. The first game is January 26th at UNLV. This game, for me, is a tough one to predict. For one, UNLV has a new coach that should be pretty good. I, I don't know if I agree in general with their firing of Marvin Menzies. After three years, it seemed like he had the team trending in the right direction, but regardless, that's not what this pot is about. They got a new coach, TJ Otzelberger, from South Dakota State, who has a good reputation about him. UNLV has lost a lot of players, so that's a thing. You know, their team will have to be figuring each other out. They do have a couple big-name transfers. They have one from the school where T.J. Otzelberger coached at, South Dakota State. 
They also get the Pac-12 Sixth Man of the Year, Donnie Tillman, so that could be a name to watch out for. I don't know for sure if he's been cleared or if he has to wait a year because he transferred. There was some weird thing about that. They they do still have Amari Hardy, and so he's he's a good player that Aztecs need to watch out for. The Aztecs did sweep UNLV last season. I think this year's UNLV team will probably realistically be about as good as last year's team. They just they lost a lot, but their coach should be decent. I think overall it's it's a pretty similar year for them, but the Aztecs are better this year. Las Vegas isn't really at elevation, so you don't have to worry about that. So with those things considered, I think the Aztecs win at UNLV. Next on the road trip, the Aztecs play in Albuquerque at New Mexico. New Mexico, the Lobos, they're a team that I feel like people are underrating a little bit. But I'm also, I I don't know, I'm just more optimistic about them than it seems like some of the experts are. I just think Paul Weir is a good coach. I feel like they had just some injury problems and things last year that were just hard to get over. They have a lot of talent. Someone could argue that they might have the most talented starting five in the Mountain West. I don't think I would necessarily make that argument, but somebody could argue that. They just have a lot of good players on their team. They still got Carlton Bragg. They got Jaquan Lyle. They have some talent. Playing in Albuquerque, once again, the elevation comes into effect here. I do think the Aztecs are better than the Lobos for this season. I think the Aztecs, the offensive firepower is going to be a lot. I think especially coming here, you know, this game is on January 29th, and especially coming into February, the Aztecs normally start to do really good, and their team has kind of figured themselves out. That being said, I think in Albuquerque, New Mexico's talent will take over, and the Aztecs will lose to New Mexico and Albuquerque. Next up, the Aztecs return to Viejas Arena on February 1st to play Utah State, this time at home. There's not much more to say about Utah State. We already talked about them for the for the away game. I do think this time, I mean, at this point, I have the prediction at being the Aztecs are coming into this game 8-3 and three in conference play. And that would put them at 16-5 and five for the season. So despite there not being a whole lot of marquee wins in that record, hopefully the fans will be more excited coming into February because the team is winning. And they show up, you know, in mass. Viejas gets sold out. There's 12,000 people in there to cheer them on. And that combined with just how close the teams are in general. I do, like I said, I do think Utah State is better than San Diego State. I don't think it's super close, but I think it's close enough that coming to Viejas with the crowd behind you, the Aztecs can get a win, and it will be similar to last year that the Aztecs lose in Utah but win in San Diego and split that season series. After playing Utah State, the Aztecs have a week off. And I think it's a good time to have a week off for a couple of reasons. For one, it's getting late in the season. It's still kind of the middle of the season. You know, it's not super late in the season, but it's it's just a good time to, if you have any of those, those nicks, those bruises, anything like that, it's a good time to have a couple extra days to hopefully get your guys right. The other reason is because the next game after Utah State is at Air Force. And Air Force, as many Aztec fans know, they just run a very complicated offense known as the Princeton offense that's just hard to guard. And it's similar to, for for football fans, there's like the triple option offense that not a lot of teams run 
And so the teams that do run it are often pretty successful in it because teams don't know how to guard it. Or, more relevant to San Diego State fans, we run the 3-3-5 defense, and a lot of times offenses don't know how to attack it because they never see it anywhere else. The Princeton offense in basketball is a lot like that. It's, it's pretty specialized, and Air Force runs it because they have a size limit because they're a military academy. So they need something special like that. But it's it's just hard to guard, and the only time you're going to see it throughout the year as, as an Aztec player is when you play Air Force. And especially for this season, the Aztecs only play Air Force once. So this is literally the only time they will see this offense. So having a week to prepare will help for that. Air Force, I've also heard some of the experts say this is supposed to be the most talented team they've had in a little while. Now, whether that means they finish fifth in the conference or eighth in the conference, you know, who knows? I don't know. But that combination of talent and a system that people aren't used to will give the Aztecs some trouble. The Aztecs are definitely more talented, just on an even, you know, being objective. The Aztecs are more talented. That being said, playing in Colorado at elevation, I feel like I need to predict this game as being a loss against Air Force and hopefully the worst loss of the season. It is in Colorado, so I don't think this will be a quad four game, especially if Air Force is as good as everybody thinks it is. It should definitely be at the least a quad three game. So it's not a resume killer to lose to Air Force. It just, it kind of is what it is. The things that that could change that are if, one, the extra week that the Aztecs have, not the extra week, but I mean, it's an extra two or three days because they have a whole week in between Utah State and Air Force. So having those couple extra days to, to key in on what Air Force will try to do could help. Also, Air Force is a team that likes to back cut a lot and shoot a lot of threes because they're smaller, so they're very perimeter-oriented defense, or offense, sorry, perimeter-oriented offense, if they manage to shoot themselves out of the game, if, if they just get on a cold streak, that would help out the Aztecs a lot, because at that point, the Aztecs should be able to keep up and, and outscore Air Force. But for right now, I mean, obviously I'm hopeful it goes the other way, but I feel like I have to predict this game as being a loss. After that crushing defeat, the Aztecs will return home on February 11th to play New Mexico. This is another game that'll be on ESPN. I think in this one, the Aztecs get their revenge, and I think they beat New Mexico at home. I think their talent is close enough, if not better, to New Mexico's that at home they should be able to pull out the win. The next game is at Boise. And similar to before, we already talked about Boise, so there's not very much to say. I do think this time in Idaho, in Boise, the Broncos pull this one out and they get the win against our Aztecs. Leon Rice is just too good of a coach. They have too much talent. They'll be playing at elevation, and I think it'll be tough. I mean... Realistically, a lot of these games that I've talked about, whether they be wins or losses, a lot of them I think will be pretty close. I think the Mountain West has, in the middle, some pretty good parity this season. And so a lot of these games could go either way. But this is one that I think, it's another one that I just I have to predict as a loss. The last few teams we've already talked about, I think that they beat UNLV. At home, they beat them on the road, so why not beat them at home too? I think they beat Colorado State at home, same thing. They beat them on the road, so beat them at home too. At Nevada is a tough one because I think it would be fair to say that these teams are pretty even. The Aztecs beat Nevada at home earlier in my projections, but I think Nevada takes it on the road. But with all that, that makes the Aztecs finish at 12-6 and six in the conference schedule. 
should be good enough for, I mean, no worse than fourth place for sure. And maybe even third place. It's, I mean, it's definitely possible it could be second as well. It just kind of depends on how it all shakes out. But somewhere in that two to four range. There's a couple games in here that it wouldn't take me a lot of convincing that could be won. At Air Force, for example, would be one of them. At Fresno, same thing. This, I mean, this team could just as easily go 10 and 6, or they could go 14 and 4. With regards to whether or not this season is good enough to get to the postseason, it's tough to say. If everything were to fall into place the way I have described in this episode, then the Aztecs would have some wins over some quad two teams, some wins over quad three teams. They'd have a couple, one or two wins over quad one teams, which is good. They'd also have some losses in each of those categories. Hopefully just one quad three loss. I think with one quad three loss, you can still get into the the big dance. That's what Nevada did last season. Nevada didn't even play a single quad one opponent out of conference and the Aztecs should have at least one during the, the midseason tournament. So I don't think they'll win that game, like I said earlier. But they'll they'll have played it. So that helps. I think whether they're good enough to get an at-large bid will depend largely on whether they can outscore their opponents by a lot. The way the net works, it counts scoring margin into its algorithm. So if you beat a team by 10 points, it will move you up more than if you beat a team by one point. That's one of the ways that it's better than the RPI. It does cap the scoring margin, and I believe the cap is at 10. So beating a team by 20 points isn't any better than beating them by 10 points. But if you can beat a team by double digits, it will move you up more than beating them by just a few points. So if the Aztecs can go to BYU and beat them on the road by 10 or more, that's going to help their net a lot. If they can go to San Diego, maybe not so much because they aren't supposed to be great, but if they can go to Fresno and pull off a win there, that can and do it by double digits. That can help a lot. Obviously, if they beat a team like a Creighton or a Texas Tech or an Iowa, really by any score, but especially by double digits, that will help a lot because that'll be a high quad two or even a quad one win in the case of a team like Texas Tech or Iowa and do it by double digits. That'll help a lot. If they're barely beating these teams and if they're barely beating teams like Fresno State at home, that's probably a quad three game. Teams like UNLV anywhere, that's probably quad some quad three games. If they're beating UNLV by three, four, five points, it's not going to help their net rating a whole lot. If if that's happening, they're down closer to the 60s, 70s of the net. That's probably not good enough for an at-large. If they're beating these teams by double digits and just dominating lower levels of competition, the quad threes and quad fours especially, then that can possibly move their net up to the, the 40s and 50s range. And then they're entering the conference tournament and they play a team like, I don't know, Fresno or or Air Force in the first round after getting a bye the day before. And then after that, they play a team like Nevada or maybe a, a Boise or a New Mexico and then face Utah State in the finals. If you take those first two games and once again beat them by double digits, I think you're at the very least on the bubble. It's it's hard to predict these things because the whole season has to play out and who knows where these teams will actually end up in the standings. But I think if you go 2-1 and one in the conference tournament, and especially that second game would be a good win. It's on a neutral court against a team that should definitely be a top 100 team. I think the Mountain West, its, it's middle ground has, has been rising and there's more parity. So that's that's another quad two win, and you do that by double digits, and that's that's looking good. In in the grand scheme of things, hopefully the Aztecs just win the tournament, and we don't have to worry about it. But it's it's going to be tough. The schedule just the out of conference isn't very strong. 
there's no telling how good Nevada or New Mexico will be, whether those will be quad one games or not. So it's just not a very strong schedule. There's not a lot of chances to build a good resume that catches the eye. So you're just you're going to have to catch the eye of the decision makers with your net rating being really high because you're just slaughtering people. With that being said, that that does it for this one. I I do think the Aztecs will make the tournament this year. But that that does it for now and Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys later.